going to be in Judges 13 tonight if you want to be eternal. I'll say one thing for your pastor. He eats good. Hallelujah. <laughs> you taught him well on that book. And I like it too. I, I just like to say this, Brother Puckett, I don't know why you have been so the choirs, you know. That's as good as I've heard. Amen. I, I'm not just saying, I wouldn't say that. Right, right. I mean that, y'all had a tub. I felt a good, sweet spirit. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I really. I like it when you swing it from the chandeliers. So I like that good, sweet yes, spirit. Sir. Yes, sir. You just sit there and just God's just touching your soul. Amen. Like that, it Amen. My choir, y'all did. Y'all did great tonight. Amen. And I'm not saying the others did. I just right. say. I just soon listen to you. Amen. It's called cancel that group tomorrow. We listen to this, this choir, brother. Brother Puckett, I, I, I'll tell you, that's, that's touching my, my soul. Well, it is going to be a meeting one of these days. Right. Man, right. You, get, you get my age, you begin to have more on the other side than you do here. Come on, Amen. That's, that's just how it is. I've got a dad on the other side, and grandparents, all my uncles, and most of my aunts, they're all gone. And now I've got Solution solution church members over there. And man, I'm ready to go. I'm just ready. If they were to come today, I'd be sad for my loved ones that's not saved. I don't pray even so come, Lord Jesus, because I'm fearful for my loved ones. I just can't pray that. One lady said this to me. She said, uh, he ain't coming until he gets everybody in that's going to get in. Well, I don't know. I don't know how all that works, but I know I've got some lost loved ones yes, I can see too. saved. Amen, Amen. Amen. Ah, Where's Gavin's daddy at? You're yep. one blessed man. Amen. 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 Kids praying for you, man. I, I believe you young folks can touch heaven. When Come on, right? Amen. I really believe that. I believe that with all my heart. Amen. Amen. And I just feel good being in the Lord. Amen. 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 I kind of feel under the weather a little bit, but it feels good to be in God's hands. Glad I'm saved. This world is. Here's how they say it up up home, reeling and rocking like a drunk man. Yeah. I, I guess that's a good saying. <laughs> but can I tell you, I'm secure. That's right. In the hand of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Everybody's Amen. worried about this or that. I'm, I'm not worried. No. Hey, can I say omnipotence is not in heaven running his fingers through his hair? Come on. What am I going to do next? Oh, right. It's right on stick. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know. I just feel good. Good in the Lord. I don't know if I preach much or not. I, I do want to say this uh, to to the church. I like it when it's just the church. Amen. Motherfucker, some of our best meetings is a Wednesday night. Yes, just sir. The core of the church is Amen. here. And I know they some sick. I'm not throwing off on those that's not here, but. Uh, I know y'all are the real victim. Amen. And so, this is serious, what yes, we're sir. doing this week. I take, every, I take the Lord's work serious. I like it. I, it, it. There's no playing around with me. I know sometimes a, maybe a, a good joke or something might fit in a message or do work well, but and when you're dealing with eternity, I, I don't know if there's much room for that. Right. I, I'm, I'm just, it's been a joy to be here. It's been a joy to fellowship with your pastor and his wife. I just, I thought he's a real mean guy. <laughs> man, you get up our brother phrases and it's like, man, I don't know if I could handle that. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you're a sweet guy. Yeah. I believe that. I'm just saying that. He's a sweet. They, I can get them many amens. 
I, I appreciate it, Brother Puddy. I can Amen. see it. I'll tell you one thing. He cares about his church. That's right. I didn't know that. Well, I want to talk to you on the home tonight. I, I, I don't know how you can... I don't know how you can have a week's worth of meeting and not touch on the home somewhere. Come on, Come on. I, I truly believe that. And so tonight we're going to look... We're going to look at Samson for a little while. Really, we're going to look at his parents and see if there's some truth we can draw from that. And church, and church, let me say this. You bringing your children out here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, that's not enough. I, I know Brother Bucket will preach truth and he'll help them every way he can, but they need more. Right, right. I, I really think what what ought to be happening at the church house is preaching and backing up what mom and dad have taught at home. That's right. I, I believe that's right. And so I, I wanna I wanna talk to you for a little while. I'm gonna pray here in just a minute, and then uh, I'm gonna talk to you about the home, uh, about parenting for just a few minutes, and uh, I just like for you to. Just ask yourself, what kind of parent am I? Come on. I think that's a good question to ask. And so, if you would pray with me and pray for me like you want me to pray for you, if you're standing up here, and ask the Lord to help me to be a help to you. I'd just like to be his mouthpiece, just say the words he won't say it in the right spirit that he would want it said in. And if you would, please pray this evening. Our dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this evening, and I thank you uh, for the opportunity to stand and try to proclaim your word. And I ask you to help me. You know how pitiful I am. I ask you to help me tonight to just preach and with power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, if there's anything that would keep you from using me tonight, anything in my life that would keep you from using me, please, Father, forgive me for it, cleanse me, make me a vessel of honor. Father, you must increase, and I must decrease. I know, I know if anything's done, we're going to have to see, see you and what we're dealing with. Have your way now, Father, please bless us this evening. And thank you for the Holy Spirit that have already felt stirred in my soul. And I'll give you all the glory and all the honor for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. All right, I, I, I'll tell you what I think is, is unusual that the Holy Spirit preserved four chapters <coughs> on a character like Samson. It, it seems odd. There's a lot of what I would think might be greater men in the Word of God. But when I look at Samson's life, to me, this is me, it's a sad story. <coughs> it, it's really tragic to me. He started out right, but finished wrong. Now, I know he died victorious, but as far as earthly speaking, he finished wrong. And uh, any believer, regardless of how they live their Christian life, in death will be victorious. Amen. You can't lose yourself. That's right. That's right. And so we're victorious. And Samson was victorious in death. We know that. We know Samson is mentioned in Hebrews 11 with in the Hall of Faith. We're well aware of that. But Samson's a sad, he's sad to me. And, and so let me just say a few things about him. He, he was chosen, he was a chosen vessel of God. Yeah. God was going to use him and did right, use right. him at times. And he knew, he knew what it was for the power of God to move him on his life and him to do what he couldn't do within his own self. And some of you, especially you preachers, and maybe some of you singers, 
Sunday school teachers, you know there's been times you just couldn't have done what was, what was, you could not have accomplished what was done had it not been for the Holy Ghost. That's right. That's, right. That's, right. That's just how it is. And so Samson, he knew about the, if you'll let me say, say this loosely, he knew about the victorious life yeah. at times. In fact, he judged Israel for 20 years. The Bible says there was a 20 year, I believe it was 20 years, 20 year period, I'd have to look, it's, it's in the text. A 20 year period, he was a judge and did a good job, I guess did a good job, nothing said of him doing wrongfully. And so he, he, he had a bright future. He had a bright future, but can I say he finished sad. Right. He did not take the Lord and the Lord's work. It appears to me he did not take the Lord and the Lord's work seriously good, as he should. Right. And so as he comes down uh, near the end of his life, uh, he 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 had his eyes punched out. Yeah. I said the other night, there are things you can do that can't be undone. Right. That's right. Esau wanted to repent over the birthright. I think get the blessing of the birthright later in life, but he couldn't. He couldn't find the place of right. repentance. Right. Here, here is Samson. I'm, I'm sure he would like to have had his eyesight back, but never is he going to have his eyesight again. Right. It's gone. I know folks in their old days, on, and they get right with God. And they would like to have their life to live over so they could do for God Come what, what uh, they would like to do with their life. But it's too late. Their life has passed them by. Right. And so there's things in the Christian life, there's some things we can rectify and maybe reclaim, but there's things we can't reclaim. Right. And so that is so with Samson. He lost his eyesight. Let me just say what let me just say what the enemy of God's people did. They gouged his eyes out. That's right. You say that's that's pretty wicked. That's a that's a terrible thing. I want to tell you the enemies of God are terrible people. That's right. They, they want to destroy you. That's right. Mom and Dad, let me say this. There is a target. On the back of your children. God, uh, the devil, wants to destroy the children of God. That's right. Can I say there is a target on your home? That's right. There's a target on this church. Yes. Tell it. The devil, we have an adversary. He may be in a mist tonight. Come on, preacher. We can't see him, we right. can't feel him, but sometimes we can sense he's around. Right. And so here is Samson and these Philistines that's supposed to be, uh, uh, I won't say good people, but tolerable people. They live beside the Israelites. The fact of the matter was they just gouged his eyes out. No mercy. No mercy in the world, church. And so here he is. He started out. God told his mama, said, I'm going to use him. Spirit of God moved on him from time That's to time. Right. He had some great accomplishments. But in his old, older age, I don't know how old he was when he died, but I, I would think middle age, maybe, that his eyes were gouged out. Right. And can I just say, he was a laughing stock. They made sport. That's what the Bible, that's the Bible word. They said they made sport of him. I, I think what that meant, they just laughed at him and mocked him sure, right. and belittled him. Come on, preacher. He, he lost his strength. And the sad thing, he didn't know when he lost his strength. Right, you're right. And so I look at this man, Samson, and the fact of the matter is, now this is my opinion. I've had a few people disagree with me on this. I think he committed suicide to get revenge on the adversary. Now I've got a verse. I was, I was, let me see if I can let me see if I can read you this verse and you can tell me. And Samson said, uh, "No, let me let me back up. Let me see if I can find it. Give me just a second. 
And Samson said unto them, Though ye have done this, yet will I be avenged of you. And after that, that's that's the wrong. Let me let me flip again. You give me just a minute here. I want, I want you to hear this verse before you pray. And Samson called unto the Lord God and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee only this once, O God, that I may be once avenged of the Philistines for my two lives. Now that sounds like he was willing to see himself die so he could get revenge on those that poked out his eye, gouged out his eye. Doesn't that sound yes, right to you? Yes, sir. I mean, from that verse, it looks to me like he was committing suicide to get revenge. And I, I want to say, maybe some, some might be somebody here that's contemplated that before, but suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Come on, man. There's, there's no, no justification for that. God will help you through it, and you'll get, it'll come to pass. Amen. Amen. So don't ever, don't ever let that get in the way. Amen. But I, I started asking myself this question. Why is his story preserved for us? Why is it? Why, why, why do we read about Samson? Really, in a way, he was a failure. I know, I know he's in Hebrews 11. I know he's successful in some ways, but really... Had I been writing the Bible, I, I might have left Samson out. But when I, when you begin to think about it, you have to know this, it was written for our learning. It was written to give us a warning. To, to in, maybe even to encourage us that no matter how far we stray, there's victory at the end of the road in, in the event of death. And so for our learning tonight, I want to look, I see, I see all these children here. You don't see that everywhere. I thank God for that. And so I want to look at some things tonight. I want to say to you, you parents, family is important. It's important. The first institution God created was the family and the home. You can go back to Genesis and see that. Right. And let me just say this: as the family as the family goes, so goes the church. Right. Yes, this church. Now you listen to what I'm saying. Yes, this Lord. church will not be more spiritual than the families that make it up. Right. You bring you bring forty worldly families into this Come church on. if you have that many. And they're worldly. You're going to have a worldly church. The family, mom and dad, what you do does not only affect your family, but it affects this church. And so it's important in my mind that we learn some things. And I'm just going to touch on them. My, there's so much you can talk about the family. As the family goes, so goes the church. So goes the school. Right. We say the schools are gone. The schools are not gone. The families that go to those schools are gone. Come on. That's right. My, if we had godly families going yeah. to the school, yeah. it'd be a different story. We might even see some of those ungodly teachers get sucked. Amen. Amen. And so as the schools, as the family goes, so goes the church, the schools, and society. Now there's much I could preach on the order of the home. The, the, the Bible teaches us the husband is to be the head of the home. Right, that's right. That's first Thessalonians 5. Don't fuss at me, ladies. Just turn over and read it for yourself and fuss with God about it. That's how God set this thing up. That doesn't mean man's above the woman. It means man has his place and the woman or the wife has her place. That, that's all it means. It's none of this. I'm better than you or this or that. I had a church member, a lady come to me and said, every time you preach on the husband's head, my husband starts bossing me around, telling me this and that. You do this, you do that. While he sits and does nothing. Come on, that's not what that's trying to teach us. You need to understand that. I want you to understand I'm not saying that. 
But the husband's to be the head of the home and the wife is to be in submission to her husband. That's the Bible. And so we can talk about that. But then I want to say the parents are to train up a child in the way he should go. That's Proverbs 22 and 6. Now, let me just take a minute. I, I, I haven't got to the message. You know, I'm not even in the text. I'm just talking to you for a little bit right now. Instructing and training is two different things. A lot of parents instruct their children, and they think they have trained their children. I used to work in industry, in a manufacturing plant. We had a training room. And in that training room, we would bring a new hire in, and they it was a sewing plant. And they would bring that new hire in, and they would set that lady down at a sewing machine, and they would give her some instructions, but that wasn't the end of the right, training. Right. Now, here's what they would do. They would set over her, and I know that, that, that's a little awkward, but that's how they did it. They would watch her, and when she made a mistake, they would show her where she messed up. Amen. And they would begin to teach her. And she'd probably mess up a multitude. They had what they called a learning curve. Yeah. Right. And what they would do, they would, at the end of the day, they would mark where she was at on that learning curve. If she was blowing, she'd need to pick it up, pick up the pace a little. If she is above it, she was doing good. But they monitored what she was doing to make sure she was progressing and doing things right. Amen. I, I think, I think mom and dad and I, I think we think we can just say, here, Johnny's what you ought to do and forget about Come it. On, but preacher. that's not right, no, mom and dad. Yeah. You've got to follow up with that children. Foolishness yeah. is bound in the heart of the child. And you've got to, you've got to understand that's that right. and keep your eye on them and help them till they get on the way right back and do it. That's right. Amen. And so we could just spend, I could spend all kinds of time on different texts on the family, but I feel like the Lord wants me to look at Samson's parents tonight and give you a few little truths. So I'm going to start reading just to get us a starting point. I can't read all four chapters, but let me read eight or ten verses, maybe 15 verses, and then we'll, we'll talk for a little bit. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines forty years. And there was a certain, by the way, God can bless you with children and you can raise godly children regardless of the times that you're living in. You know Moses was born when they were killing the male, the male babies, but God took care of them. I believe because he had godly parents that was interested in doing right. Now don't say, don't say this. I don't think this is right. Oh, the world's so wicked, I'd be wrong to bring children into the world today. I'll tell you what the world needs. They need some more godly children Amen. coming right. into Amen. the world. Amen. Amen. And so this is a bad time in, in Israel's history. They're doing evil and they are under the domination of the Philistines. Verse 2, and there was a certain man of Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and barnoth. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren and barest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore, beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came unto me, and his counsel was like the count countenance of an angel of God, very terrible. But I asked him not whence he was, neither told me his name, 
But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and now drink no wine nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst sin come again unto me and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. And God hearkened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came again unto the woman as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. And the woman made haste and ran and shewed her husband and said unto him, Behold, the man hath appeared unto me that came unto me the other day. And Manoah rose and went after his wife and came to the man and said unto him, Art thou the man that speaketh unto the woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, Now let thy words come to pass. How shall we order the child, and how shall we do unto him? And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Of all that I said unto the woman, let her beware. She may eat of anything that she may not eat of anything that cometh of the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. All that I command her, let her, her observe. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, let us detain thee until we shall have made ready a kid for thee. Now I want to skip over just, just a little bit. Verse 24. And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson, and the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Estah. And so that, that gives us just a little bit of an introduction. Now I want you to notice how it starts out. The woman, uh, uh, Samson's mother, she was barren. But the Lord touched her that she conceived and bear a son. Now here, here's what I will say first of all. You need to, if you're going to be a godly parent, you need the right attitude That's towards right. children. That's right. They're not dead weight. No. They're not something to rob you of your life Come and on. keep you Come from on. doing what you want to do. Amen. They're not, they're not any of those. Can I say children are a blessing That's from the Lord? Right. That's what the Bible says. In Psalm 127 and 3, Lo, children are heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. Amen. They're not a ball and chain. No. They're not something that's going to destroy your life. I'm afraid today, and I've seen a lot of folk, not a lot, I've seen some folk, and they speak negatively of their children as if it's keeping them from living the life that they want to live. I want to say to you, they're sideways. Come on. I'm telling you, if you're a godly parent, you need to thank God for Amen. your children that he's given you. My, that's from God. That's a heritage. That's a reward. I'm afraid we've got this thing back. We're so self-centered and all about ourselves that we're not concerned about our children. Come on. By the way, children's going to be the future workers in the Lord's, uh, right. in, the, in the church and in the Lord's world. So number one, I see she realized this child was a blessing from the Lord. Now it doesn't say that, but if you were barren and God blessed you with a child, you'd, you'd have to realize, I, I, I have some folks like that. They couldn't have children for several years, and then they had a child and a couple of children. And man, I'm telling you, they thank God for it. They look at it as a blessing, and as they should, because it is a blessing. Right. And so I've, I've got several of these, and so I probably need to go on. But I want you to look at verse number four. Now here's what the angel, here's what the angel said. Now therefore, beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine or strong drink, and not, and eat not any unclean thing. Now here's what she realized, that if her child, if she's going to be the parent she ought to be, and he's going to be the child that he ought to be, she's going to have to start this thing out in her life. Right. The Nazarite vow was, you, you know this, no wine, you didn't Come cut on. your hair, right. what was the, uh, you don't approach a dead body. 
And you can go to number six and read all that and get all that down. But here's what the angel told her. You're going to have to set the example for Amen. the child. Amen. It starts with you, Tell Mom. It. Tell it. it starts with you, Dad. Listen to me this evening. Don't expect more out of your children than you're willing to do. I believe that's right. I believe that's good preaching, don't you? Ah, we've got folks that tell the children, do as I say and not as I do. I want to tell you, I don't believe that'll work. Come on. Here's what you better do, Mom and Dad. Set a good example. Yes, Amen. Amen. And so the angel said, now he's going to be in verse 5. Uh, she talks about him being a Nazarite, but here's what the angel said: Before he even comes, you're gonna have to get your your life right. Amen. And I want to say to you, folks, if you're not the parent you ought to be, or the example you ought to be in front of your children, you need to get that right before you do anything else. That's, That's important. Yes, sir. Here's Amen. what I'm saying. Here's what I want us to ask ourselves this evening: What kind of parent am I? Can I say it's going to affect your children? Yeah. It's going to affect yeah. your home. It's going to affect your church. Yeah. It's going to affect your grandchildren. Right. It's like throwing a rock in a pond. It's just going to be ripple after ripple That's after good. ripple to stir in the water. Here's what I'm saying. If you're not what you ought to be as a mom or a dad, why don't you repent? Rewrite and say godly That's good preaching. Amen. Parents, your child's spirituality begins with you. That's right. Let me just say it that way. She's going to have to obey God if her son's going to be what he's supposed to be for God. You can't expect your children to do what you're not willing That's to right. do. Amen. Uh, I, I'm convinced if you're not going to obey God, don't expect your children to obey. Right. That's, Amen. That's right. Amen. That's right. Now, here's, here's why I'm saying this. If every home in this church got right, and maybe you are, I, I don't know. I don't know a soul, bro. I love it when I don't know nobody. Hey, hey, I just say hey, whatever hey, comes to me. You can't say I'm preaching at you because I don't even know where you're at tonight. But if I wasn't right as a mom or dad, I believe I'd get right tonight. For the sake of my children, first of all, and for the sake of my church. Can I say there's not a lot of good churches out there now? That's right. Me and my wife was talking. We had to leave our church. I don't know where we'd go. I mean, we live in what they call the Bible Belt. I don't believe there is a Bible Belt anymore. I mean, they're all messed up. They're just a few good churches out there. Where would you go? Aren't you glad you got a good church Amen. to go to? And a good pastor that loves you, preaches the truth to you. My, you can mess that up, church, if you don't keep me a home where it ought to be. Well, amen. And so she realized that if she's going to be right, she's going to have to change what she was ingesting or taken in. Now we know that's physical. He's yeah. talking about food and drink. But you know, we take in things spiritually. That's, that's right. We take in ungodliness on the television set many times. Amen. I, I, that's a fact. We take in wickedness on the social media. Right. I, 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 I could just start running the rabbit right here, but I don't need to. I hate that social media. And I know every one of you's probably got it. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I'll tell you what it is. It's a tool of the devil to get you sideways with the Lord. That's exactly what it is. I know you ain't going to listen to that, but that's the truth of it. You'd be better off. I don't even know what they are. Facebook or book face or whatever it is. Get off that junk. Get yeah. off all that stuff. Yeah. You don't need yeah. to know what somebody eating for supper right. is your bad. Right. Oh, friend, all it's doing is robbing you of hey. your spirituality. Hey. Amen. Well, that's good for She realized she was going to have to change what she is ingesting. Amen. She wasn't going to be able to watch that ungodliness on the television set. Amen. Or, or read that wickedness on social media. Or listen to that long term gossip as she. Belittled the church and belittled the pastor. Right. Couldn't do it. Couldn't take that in anymore. Right. Oh no, because what that would do would poison her right. spiritually. You know what? Up where I'm at, if I make somebody mad, I, I kind of watch them. 
And they'll go try to get somebody on their side. That's how it works. You get mad at the preacher, you, you go over and you just throw out a little line. What do you think about what he said Sunday? What's he talking about you? And, and all of a sudden, I, well, I don't know. Maybe it was, I don't like it. He stuff. And before long, what they're trying to do is build up their little their little group against the church. I've had people, and I could, I'm thinking of specific people. I'm not making this up. I, I had to deal with them on some things. And they poisoned two or three families in our church against me. I stood, I was standing for right. That's where I supposed to I preached on faithfulness, and they wanted to lay at the campground during the summer and not come to church, and I preached on it, and I preached on it, and I preached on it, and I, he took that, and I maybe thought I was preaching at him, maybe I was, I don't know. But the fact that man was, he is unfaithful, and he knew he was, and he knew I was right, but he poisoned two or three families in the process. That's right. That's exactly right. She, she realized this, I can't. Here's what I tell our people. When they start poisoning you against me and against this church, tell them that's my pastor and that's my church. That's a good thing for y'all to do. They start talking about Brother Tracy, say, hey, that's my pastor and I love him. You know what will happen? It'll, it'll shut it down. That's right. Don't take in that pulse. It will affect you. She realized, here's, well, here's what she realized. I, can, I can't keep ingesting what I used to ingest. And neither can you if you're going to be the right kind of parent. And I know maybe that's a little harsh to you, but that, that's, really, that's really how it is today. Oh, my. Physically speaking, here's what, what they say. You are what you eat. Isn't that what they say? You eat garbage, you're a garbage can. That's what they say. I mean, that's what I heard. That's what we say our way anyway. Can I say if you start eating spiritual garbage, you're going to be a spiritual garbage can. That's right. Don't take that stuff in. Don't receive that. I want to, I'm talking about being godly parents. You take that garbage in, you'll show up in your kids. You know that family I was talking about? They had two little girls. That one little girl thought I was the stuff. I mean, you know how kids are about the preacher sometimes. She really thought I was something. If I was preaching on modest apparel, she'd be in the altar. And she started dressing right, and her family got convicted, and they told her that wasn't so, and they encouraged her not to dress right, and she turned against me, and today I have no influence with her. And so here's what's happening. They, they were poisoned, and they passed it on to the children. That's right. That's, that's just, that's how it is, you know? That's right. It happens every now and then, brother. That's exactly right. Don't be a victim of that. Refuse that. Don't, don't drink that worldly wine and that unclean thing that uh, the angel told her not to partake of in verse number four. You, you can if you're going to be the right kind of parent. So she realized she's going to have to change what she was ingesting. But then she realized this. God had a specific purpose for her child. That's right. Right. I mean, I look around. Here, here, and we've got a bunch of kids up our place. When I see these kids, I don't see a little kid. Uh -uh. I see a preacher right there. Amen. And maybe a missionary over here. Yeah. And maybe an evangelist here and a Sunday school teacher. That's right. That's what I see. Amen. Can I say, Mom and Dad, God's got a word for your child to do. He's got a purpose for it. You ought not just see a little snotty-nosed kid running around. You ought to see somebody God's going to use one of these days. You train him right, you raise him right, you do right by him, you look after him, you pray for him. There ain't no telling what God might do. Hey, here's what, here's what she knew. She knew in verse 5, For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. 
She was specific. He, she specifically had direction for what her child was going to do. And I know we don't always have the specifics, but I want to say this: God has a purpose. Yes, Young people, listen at the preacher tonight. God has a purpose for your life. Amen. He wants to use you. It's a specific purpose. I don't know what it is. Maybe a pastor don't know what it is, but God knows. And mom and dad, you ought to be being, you ought to be the parents, you ought to be so so they can be what they what God wants them to be. And so we see she realized they had a specific, uh, her son had a specific purpose. But then I want you to notice verse six and seven. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came unto me, and his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God, very terrible. But I asked him not whence he was, neither told me his name. But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and thou drink no wine nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Now, I want you to notice what she did. She ran to her husband. Now, wife, listen to me. Don't, don't keep back anything about the children from the hut, from the husband. Let, let me say it this way. Mom and dad need to be on the same page spiritually when it comes to raising them kids. Here's what she did. Now, Manoah, I really think she was probably the spiritual leader in the home. She seemed to know more. She corrected him doctrinally later on when he said, uh, God's going to kill us. She said, no, he's not going to kill us. He wasn't told us all this and blessed us with a child if he's going to kill us. I think she maybe was a little smarter spiritually than Manoah, but let me just say this, man. You're supposed to be the spiritual head of your life. That's right. And here, let me say this, ladies. If you are the spiritual head of your home, help your husband get on the same page as your own. If you're pulling this way and he's pulling this way, the, the child's not going to know what, which way to go. He's going to be torn, don't you see? I see that so many times. Not so much in serving God, but one one spouse will be zealous for God, and the other spouse will be lukewarm or casual for God. And here's the children. They don't know. They don't know who to follow. Of course, the flesh, you know, the flesh lusts against the spirit. So they're going to lean towards that lukewarm spouse. And the, the spouse that's sold out for God, they're fighting to try to get their children where they ought to be. Oh, now get on the same page. Get on the same page. That's what she's trying to do with, with Manoah. She's trying to get him on the right page. I'm talking about the home. I'm talking about us getting our homes right. Mom and Daddy starts with you. And it may start with the religious leader, the spiritual head of the home. May not always be the husband. But can I say, wife, if you're the spiritual head of the home, you ought to be trying to involve the husband and educating him and get him biblically speak. I don't think there's anything wrong with a husband with a wife counseling her husband. Oh my, what about, who was that uh, who was that in Romans? That's two of them, and they they counseled Apollos. I'm I'm trying to think of was it Priscilla and Aquila? Yeah. yeah. Am I thinking right? She she counseled Apollos. And I understand men's to be the head, and I understand all that. Don't you come up at church try to knock me out with it. I'm just telling you. I think if a wife says, "Honey, here's what the Bible says. We it's the way we ought to." We ought to do and the way we ought to go. What do you think? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. Right. Amen. 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 Somebody ought to say amen. 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 I'm telling you right tonight. She knows that Manoah nature, she tries to get him on board on the same page. Are you and your spouse on the same page? If you're not, what's the kids think? Which way are they going? I'm going to tell you, they'll take the path of least resistance. That's exactly right. And so she attempts to get her husband on, on board. And so notice verse 8 and 12. Here's a good man. I just think he maybe wasn't as learned as he ought to be. Notice what he says in verse 8. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, Oh, my Lord, 
Let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us. Listen to what he says. I love this. And teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. Look in verse 12 when he shows up again. And Manoah said, Now let thy words come to pass. How shall we order the child? And how shall we do unto him? Here's what Manoah said. He didn't know everything, but he said, Lord, would you just tell us how we ought to raise our children? Man, we live in a time where they say, Stay out of my life. I don't want to hear what you say. I, I know as much as you do. I can raise my kids however I want to. You can do that. But you can't raise them biblically and spiritually and do it however you want to. That's right. That's exactly right. And here he is, and he don't know. He just don't know. And he says, would you teach us? Would you tell us? Now, he's already spoke to Manoah's wife, but here's Manoah, and he, he wants to know. Right. He, he, he's willing to learn. He's open to the truth. Are you? Are you open to what the Word of God says? Here's what I tell our people all the time. If the Bible says it, we just want to do it. And it's not a complicated thing. If the Bible says it, I just want to do it. That's where I'm at in my life. I'm too old for anything. If the Bible says it, why don't you just do it? Why don't you just line up by the Word of God? That's good preaching. Amen. Amen. Noah said, petition God teach, teach us on the angel teach, teach us. They, they were not know-it-alls. We live in this society. I watch it in my church. It just kind of aggravates me. Maybe it shouldn't. I kind of I'm a sexton. I get aggravated easy. You may know a little bit about that. But I see little 20-year-old girls telling 60-year-old women that that's not right. This is how you do it. Well, they, they're still wet behind the ears. They're still kids. When you're 20 years old, you don't know it, but you're still a kid. I'm not trying to insult you, but that's it. When I was 30 years old, I thought I was... When I was 20, I thought I was smart. When I was 30, I thought I was stupid at 20. When I turned 40, I realized I was stupid at 30. And when I, you know, you see the process. Don't you learn? The stakes, the years will teach you. The days will never know. That's right. You better heed what I'm saying. Oh, listen, young parents. You'd be wise to belly up to some of these old timers and say, hey, what do you think about this? That's right. Amen. Here's Manoah. He wasn't a know-it-all. He, 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 wanted, he wanted help from God. And let me just, I hope I didn't offend some of you young folks saying what I just said, but really it's the truth. When you're 20, when you get, if you're 20, when you get 30 and 40, you're going to look back and say, man, I wasn't near as smart as I thought I was. When you, you get my age, you won't have any answers. That's right. I, I don't know. Here's my, here's what I say biggest part of the time when I ask questions. I don't know. I guess you ought to pray about it. That's the truth. Here, here, here he is. And he's wanting God to help him. He, he's asking for instructions. Now notice verse number nine. And God hearkened to the voice of Manoah. Now if you're serious about God helping you with raise your children, he will help you. He will. You pray over them children. Y'all have a problem or a struggle, pray and seek God. I promise you God will give you direction. He'll help you. And so here, here's, here's what happened. The Lord heard. Now notice how the, the Lord notice how the angel of the Lord answers him in verse number 13. I love this. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, of all that I said unto the woman, let her be wired. Now that word be wired means be cautious. Be careful about it. Don't, don't, don't mess up concerning it. Right? Ain't that right? Ain't that right? Yes, sir. 
piece of a definition of beware. If there's a live wire right there and you say beware that that wire, that means be cautious. Don't get around that electric line. You, you're liable to get electrocuted. <laughs> beware of it. Listen, listen to what I'm saying and do what I say. Be careful. That's what the angel's saying. He's saying this. Of all that I said unto the woman, let her beware. Let her be cautious. Yeah. Now I want you to notice there's one word that jumps out of, at me. Of all. Of all that I said. Right. Mom and Dad, you don't get to pick and choose what you're going to believe and not going to believe in the Word of God. What you're going to obey and what you're not going to obey. Isn't that right? Amen. If we're going to be what we ought to be, right. we just have to say the Bible says it. I've got to try to do it. And, and sometimes it's difficult. It goes against the flesh. Right. You know that and I know that. But if we're going to raise godly children yeah. of all that He said, beware. Be cautious about it. Don't let it slip away. Don't forget it, dude. You say, what did He say? Where do we get what He said? Come on. Right here, yeah. the Word of God. Yeah. Ah, this That's is His right. love letter yes. to you and I. Amen. Oh, mom and dad, get in this book. Amen. You can't find a precept, you'll find a principle to help you uh, know what direction you ought to go in. Amen. Amen. And so, here's, here's, here's my note. Godly parents. Would you say, would you say based on what, now if I preach the truth, now if I preach there, then you just say go in one ear and out the other. But if I preach the truth, would you say that Manoah and his wife were trying to be anyway, trying to be godly parents? I'd say that. I'd say that. But then, remember what I said. He started out right, but he got sideways. And so something went awry somewhere. What, what, what was it? Let me, let me give you just a, three little things to focus on. I don't think Samson's parents ever got his heart. That, that doesn't say a whole lot to some of you all. But these young folks have got to fall in love with the Lord in their heart. It can't be mom and dad's religion. It's got to be yours, young folks. That's right. That's right. Mom and dad, it's up to you to help them with that. I want you to listen. Let me let me read some of these. I've got these. Ones. I don't even. I ain't even got a watch, bro. That's dangerous as a cop gun. Uh, anyway, you just have to go. I get through. I read. Bless the Lord. All right. Now in Proverbs, if you were to go to Proverbs, I. I I've got, I've got them down. I'll just tell them to you because I think I'm probably about through. In Proverbs chapter 2, 1 and 2, if you were to go there and read that, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 and verse 3, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 3 and verse 4, and in verse 20 and 21, and in chapter 6, I stopped after this and skipped over several passages. Chapter 6, verse 20 through 21, you know what Solomon, the wisest father of all the earth, said? Here's what he said. My son, hide my words in your heart. Yeah. Amen. He wanted his heart. He wanted it not just to the ears, but he wanted it in his heart. Amen. Let me ask you, Mom and Dad, who has your child's heart? Now, I, I, I can say this. I've got people in my church that are deer hunting fanatics. And I've got one. Y'all, y'all, you're not live streaming this or anything, are you? Do y'all live stream this? Yes, no, it is. I'll, be <laughs> I'll get voted out before I get back. <laughs> Can I say, if you put a love in your child's heart for something uh, other than the Lord, that's going to compete with his love for God. Right, it don't matter if it's deer hunting, fishing, 
little league ball. I'm not against entertaining. You probably think I think yeah, children ought not do anything. They've got a place, son. I know that. It don't need to be a love. Right. Got to keep it from developing into what it ought not be. Here, here's, here's what I say. I say many times what the love they put in the child's heart is a love that's already in their heart. And they like to do it. And they're using that. They're using their child and doing something and having some time with their child. They're using that. They're using that to, to satisfy their fleshly yep. desires. I, I know 12-year-old children love deer hunting more than they love God. You know how I know? From the heart the mouth speaketh. Right. Talk to them. Yeah, right. Mom, Dad, you want to know what has your child's heart? Just talk to them. Let them talk to right. them. Amen. You'll find out. It won't take long. Amen. All right. Here's that, here's that watch, boy. That saved y'all right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid to here, here's, here's one thing I'm afraid they didn't get his heart. And then I'm afraid there's two great truths that every child has to get a hold of. Number one is the need for separation. Now, let me, let me just say this. If you're not separated, you're sitting duck for your death. Your children are sitting duck. Let them run with the worldly kids out here. Let them them see what they are after they get a hold of Now, really, am I telling the truth? I know it's a little harsh, but really, is it right or is it not? Am I? If it's the truth, we need to say amen. That's right. And if it's not, just I guess just throw a rock or something up this way. But here, here's the fact: the man we put our kids out there in the world, and then we wonder why the world. You know, why in the world would Samson want to go down to Timnath in the country of the Philistines? If somebody told, taught him right, he ought to know that's a dangerous place to be. I, I've got all these. Uh, separation is a doctrine from Genesis to Revelation. He separated the day from the night. Amen. Go to the book of Revelation, he separates the lost from the saved. And all in between, everywhere I look, I see separation. Either a failure to separate or the doctrine of separation. I think it's a cardinal doctrine. I'm convinced it is. I'm afraid God's people's not separated they ought to be. I, I can go down to our mall. I haven't been to y'all's mall. I go down to our mall. You can't tell. You can't tell God's people from the world. Amen. I mean, at our place, and this is the honest truth. And I'm not preaching on dress, but these twelve-year-old girls dress like like thirty-year-old prostitutes did when I was a boy. Amen. What kind of mama sends her kids out Amen. like that? Amen. Now, I don't know if it's like that here. Y'all may be better than what we are up there. But the fact of the matter is, they send them out naked, send them out looking like harlots. I don't understand that, church. Are we not supposed to be separate? Come out from among the world, be ye separate. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. And what's the next part? Avoid them. It doesn't say negotiate with them. It doesn't say discuss your differences and try to reconcile. It says avoid them. Go over to the perilous times. They have a form of godliness, but the denying the power thereof from such. What does it say? Turn away. Not yoke up. Not try to reason. Not try to figure it out. I'm telling you, the Bible is loaded with the doctrine of separation. Amen. A heretic after the first and second admonition, do what? Talk to him again. Negotiate again. Try to teach him again. Know what the Bible says. The Bible says reject him. Right. That's separation, my friend. And if it's right for you, it's right for your children. Amen. Amen. Boy, it's a good revival of Amen. Amen. 
I have to just do what God gives me. Right. Right. Amen. Brother, good preacher, Tracy. I believe they some way missed that doctrine of separation. Mom, Dad, don't, don't, don't let your children miss that doctrine. They'll be destroyed if you do. You know, you know, the world can influence your children for bad, for evil. Just can't. You know, false doctrine. You know what the Bible says about false doctrine? Right. He told Titus, he said that they, they, the mouths have got to be stopped. They subvert whole houses. Yep. I mean, false doctrine has power. Right. You know, I lost a, I'm probably going to make an enemy here, but I lost a family to that crazy Stephen Anderson. Yeah. Ah, I lost a family yeah. to that. Yeah. They're so foolish. They, they shut that up. There's power in false You better keep your children away from that false doctrine. Right. You better keep them in a godly church and let a godly man of God preach to them. Right. Amen. 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 But then let me just give you this. And I'm going to close. I, I believe they failed to convey to Samson the importance of choosing a godly spouse. Young people, I want you to listen to me just a minute and I'll be through after salvation, this is my opinion. I don't know if I can back it up with the Bible, but I can with life experiences of other people. I think. After salvation, I'm convinced one of the most important decisions you'll ever make, maybe the most important after salvation, is who you choose to spend your life with. That's right. Somewhere, mom and dad, if you can get those three things into your children's lives, I believe, I believe they'll be on solid ground. Get God in their heart. I mean, not just your religion, but it's their God and their religion and what they believe. And train them to separate according to the word of God. And, and teach them the most important decision outside of salvation is your spouse you choose. I, I believe, and I understand there's a lot of other pitfalls, but that's three that'll destroy him right there, or can destroy him. Now here's what, here's what you're saying. Well, my wife married me and I was lost and it worked out. I understand that. For every one of those cases, there's 10 that does. Right. That's the truth. Marry right, young people. Stay out of the world. The world has nothing. There's, no, there's nothing the world has to offer you as precious as the Holy Spirit moving in your soul. That's right. I never did do drugs. I never even drank a beer. Never done any of those, those things. I just grew up in church and I had some I got saved at a young age. I had some rough teenage years. I never done. I never did any of those things, but I, I heard a preacher say he was preaching our church and he had. He had participated in drugs. And he said, There's no drug the world has to offer that'll give you a high like the Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know if that's so or not. I believe it is. I know this ain't nothing no better than the Holy Spirit. As far as I know. As far as I know. Young folk, here's what I'm going to say. Live separated. Marry right. And serve God from your heart. Not just to please the preacher or please your parents. But serve God to please God. And mom and dad teach them in those ways. And I'll tell you what it'll do. It'll turn this church upside down. It'll turn it upside down. Let's bow our heads tonight. I'm going to turn it over. Turn it over to Brother Puckett. Brother, you come. Here's what I want to do tonight. I know a lot of times in the past we, we've got the kids around and we prayed for them and prayed for them. And, and that's good. And I, 
And here's what I want to do. Here's what I feel like the Holy Ghost is saying to do tonight. I think if you mamas and daddies, grandparents will come up here, get in this altar. And then if you kids will come around and pray for them, that God will give them wisdom to help you. I think that'd be right tonight. I don't even think we need no music, no song. But tonight you parents start making your way to the altar. And I want all the kids to get in behind me. Amen. Because if the mamas and the daddies will get it right, they'll get the home right, boy, to help the children. There ain't no doubt about it. You children pray. You pray God give your parents wisdom to help you. Amen. You grandparents, come on up here too if you can. Amen. Everybody gets down. I just ask everybody to pray as the Lord has it. You kids, pray for your mamas and dad. Pray for all these parents around here. Message tonight. Amen. Well, that right there, that right there, help us, church. We'll, we'll heed to it. Amen. Like he said, it turned this place upside down. We just heed to this one message tonight. Amen. Boy, I love the Lord tonight. I thank Him. I thank you for the man of God coming. If you enjoyed that, say amen. 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 Did you get some help tonight? Say amen. 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 Appreciate Brother Wayne. Sure. Amen. Anybody got a word? Anything on your heart? <laughs>